Hello guys, welcome to my podcast. Today I'm turning gay and I want to share with you a book that's called I Survived the Galveston Hurricane 19 by Lauren Tarsus, the, the second chapter of it. And I'm going to start reading. Four days earlier, Tuesday, September 4, 19, around 2 p.m., Charlie's house, Galveston, Texas. It was hot and sticky afternoon, and Charlie was alone in his room. His two-year-old sister, Lulu, was supposed to be napping, but she was singing away in her bed across the hall. La, 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 la. Mommy and Papa's sunny voices drifted from the kitchen. Busy city sounds rose up from the streets. The clop, clop, clop of the horses, the squeaks of and rumble of wagons, boys whooping as they played marbles in the alley. But Charlie barely heard he was busy practicing his magic. One by one, Charlie went through his tricks, the disappearing coin, the vanishing ball, the floating card he'd been practicing all summer. His best friend, Sarah, said he should try out for the talent show at school. But there was no way Charlie would do that. That was something Sarah would do, do, not Charlie. As for magic, he'd barely thought about it until a few months ago. When Mama and Papa took him to see a magician named Antonio Meraki. Practically as famous as President McClaney. And the moment Meraki stepped onto the stage, Charlie understood why. Whoosh! Meraki threw a card in the air, and suddenly it was Yellow Bird. Fluttering around the theater. Presto, he took a stick, waved his hands, and and the stick magically turned into a tree covered with big white flowers. He made a lady float up into the air, turn somersaults near the ceiling, and gently float back down. But the best came near the end. Meraki asked a lady from the audience if he could borrow her ring. He put it into a pouch and smashed it with a hammer. He sprinkled the sparkly crumbs into the barrel of a gun. Pow! Meraki shot the gun at a box hanging at the edge of the stage. He opened the box and there was the ring, good as new. The crowd went wild. Charlie just sat there in shock. That's impossible, he thought. And of course, he knew it was not. It was none of those things that had really happened. That's what a magic trick was. A trick behind each one was some secret, a special prop, or cleverly built box, a hidden mirror or trap a door. Wires or ropes the audience couldn't see. A magician made impossible things look possible. Charlie wanted to make be a magician. He bought himself a beginner's magic kit and Meraki's book, The Secrets of Magic. He tried doing some basic tricks, but he 
but he stink. He could barely shuffle a deck of cards. Coin. Coins clattered noisily to the floor. The vanishing balls got stuck in the jars, so Charlie put the kick away. But then a few weeks later, he picked up Meraki's book. The magician's picture was on the cover, a bald man with a thick brown mustache and bright blue eyes. The book was long, but definitely... Definitely not boring. It turned out the Moroccan's life was excited as his show. He was born on a farm with nothing lived with his mean uncle and ran away from home when he was 10. By 15, he was performing in circus show. By 20, he traveled the world. Since then, he survived cobra bites, storms at sea, and enemies willing to kill him to steal his tricks. In his chapter about who, how to do magic, Meraki wrote, The road to fame wasn't easy. It, I was a failure at magic at first, but, but, I, <coughs> excuse me. but I practiced. And that is the first secret that every young magician must learn to practice. Practice, Charlie had. Practice, Charlie had thought practice was for boring stuff like the piano. He skunk at that too and quit. But Meragi was right. Charlie practiced his magic tricks and he got better. And there was some. Oh, something else. Doing his magic tricks gave Charlie a feeling, a bright and strong feeling that he was more than just a shy boy. Afraid to talk to kids at school. And speaking of school, it was starting in just two weeks. He hoped Sarah was in class, but then Charlie, but then Charlie thought of another kid at school. Gordon Potts, his stomach twisted, his card slipped from his hand. Would Gordon start picking on Charlie again? Charlie sat down on his bed and and pictured Gordon, an overgrown goon with shadowy eyes and a puffed-up chest. Gordon was always making some poor jumps life miserable. Excuse me for a sec. <coughs> Sorry for the interruption. Um, and toward the end of last school year, that miserable chump was Charlie. Gordon had started tormenting Charlie last spring. And it went on until the last day of school. Happily, Gordon had been gone all summer. His family was rich and had a mansion in the mountains somewhere. But what would happen when Gordon got back? Charlie bent down to pick up his cards. If only magic were, were real, he'd make Gordon disappear or turn him into a frog. No, no, a fly, a fly on the rear end of a big sweaty horse. Feeling better, Charlie took a breath and stood up. 
He shuffled the card. They seemed to purr in his hands. Charlie looked into the mirror. His familiar freckled face stared back at him. He imagined he was on stage lit up by glittering lights. Ladies and gentlemen, he said, in a barely a whisper, I am Charles the Great. Boom! A clap of thunder exploded through the air. Charlie put down his cards and ran to the open window. Sure enough, thick gray clouds swarmed the sky when wind blasted Charlie's face, and here came the pouring rain. Charlie shut his eyes. Charlie shut his window so the floor wouldn't get soaked. Boom, boom, more thunder shook the house. And then from across the hall came the bone-chilling screams. Ah! Thank you for reading the sec. Thank you for hearing the second chapter of my podcast. Bye.